I want to tell you that you have walked into an apostolic church today. How many people are thankful to be apostolic? Amen. Acts chapter number 2 is the foundation of who we are. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you that we still have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the only saving name of Jesus that can cleanse us of our sins. That's why the psalmist wrote, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you this morning that I am thankful that when I was headed to a place of destruction, that the blood of Jesus found me where I was. I want to tell you that there is no place that you can go that is too great that the blood of Jesus cannot reach you where you're at. That the valley is not too deep and the mountain is not too tall. That the blood of Jesus cannot reach you. But I want to tell somebody that walked into the church this morning that you have been having trial and adversity happen all around you. That I can hear the Word of the Lord coming to you this morning to tell you that the blood of Jesus is still for you today. I want you to be encouraged this morning and understand that regardless of the situation that you are facing, that the blood of Jesus can still cover you. Are you thankful for the blood this morning? Amen. But I want to tell you that while Acts chapter 2 is the foundation of everything that we are as the church, that there is a place that God wants to take you in the Holy Ghost this morning. And I believe that we won't just be judged in accordance to what we do, but I also believe that we will be judged for the place that God exposed to us. And the decision that we chose as to whether or not we would go there. Do you believe that this morning? The first thing that I want to tell you today is that it's time for the church to get consecrated. Somebody shout consecration. That's why they asked Jesus why they could not cast out the unclean spirit. And he said, this type cometh not out but by much prayer and fasting. Church, I want to tell you today that there's never been a greater time that the church ought to dig deep in prayer. Prayer is the way that you communicate with the Spirit of God. Can I tell you this morning that when you begin to pray, that things will begin to happen. I want you to know that as you begin to pray, that there is a God in heaven that's ears are open to hearing your prayer. Can I tell you that there is nothing more powerful than the prayers of an apostolic believer? I'm going to say it one more time so you hear me. 
There is not anything more powerful than the prayers of an apostolic believer because when the church begins to pray, something begins to happen. When you begin to speak it on earth, there is something that begins to transition in the Holy Ghost that what you speak on earth is now spoken in heaven. That's why you are in this building today and you can pray for somebody that's not in the house and something can begin to happen in their spirit. Brother Chris, can I tell you today, don't stop praying for your boy. God is still more than able to exceed the abundance. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep speaking it. Church, can I tell you that the power is in your tongue and that as you begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, that something will begin to happen in the Holy Ghost. Why don't we try it right now? I want you to open up your tongue and lift up your hands and would you begin to pray right now uh, for the thing that you have been asking God for? Uh, would you begin to pray that a miracle uh, would begin to happen in your life? Uh, that a healing would begin to come to somebody? Uh, come on, church, lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Prayer still works. Prayer still works. Prayer still works. Prayer still works. Something's happening as you begin to pray. There is power in your prayer. There is power in your prayer. I remember a few years ago that my dad had a heart issue and he dropped dead for 15 uh, minutes, no breath within him. I heard a scream as I ran into the room and they told me to go upstairs to where he to where he had been and I ran up to him and I threw my hands on him as I began to cry and I said dad if you can hear me I want you to wake up right now but there wasn't anything that happened the EMTs they came and they got him I jumped in my truck as I followed that ambulance and the Lord began to tell me speak that miracle into existence. As I begin to pray, as I follow the ambulance, I asked the Lord why he was allowing a tragedy to happen in my family. And the Lord said, did I not say that believers can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? I said, Lord, but he's already gone. He said, didn't I do the same thing when I stood at the gate of the tomb and I told the man to come forth? I said, yes, Lord, that's what you did. He said, then I also so said that greater things than these shall ye do in my name. I begin to pray and faith be, be uh, uh, and as I begin to pray, the Lord began to show me that something was happening in the Holy Ghost. When we got into the hospital, I walked in and they would not allow me to go back into the room yet. And as I sat outside, I continued to pray that God would do something in his body. There was a guy that was sitting beside me that as I continued to pray, he looked at me and he said, what's wrong with you, man? Isn't it funny how that works sometimes? I said, brother, you don't understand. I said, I'm praying to a God that's still able to heal. 
He said, would you pray with me right now because I have somebody in the hospital that I need God to heal. I said, yes, sir, I'll pray. We join hands and begin to pray as the Holy Ghost begin to move over him. And, the, and his family um, member that was in the hospital made a full recovery that night. But the man looked at me and he asked me a question. He said, what am I feeling right now? I said, sir, you're feeling the power of the Holy Ghost that is upon you today. He said, I've never felt anything like this. I said, sir, that is because there is not anything that can compare to the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that there is still power in the name of Jesus. I walked back into the hospital room as my dad looked me in the eyes and he began to cry. Can I tell you that God put breath back in his body that night? He looked at me as he began to cry. He said, Gentry, I knew that I was gone. He said, and as I began to go down the corridor, he said, I knew that life was over. He said, but I heard your voice as you begin to pray. And you said, Dad, I speak life over you right now in the name of Jesus. He said, as you begin to speak it, he said, my eyes opened up. He said, thank you for being in the ambulance beside me. I said, Dad, I was never in the the ambulance to begin. I said, but I was following you in my truck. Can I tell you that as you begin to pray that the person doesn't have to be in the room beside you. That it can be somebody that said that they would never darken the doorway of a church. But when a believer begins to pray, something begins to happen. I want to tell the mother that's been praying for your baby, don't stop praying praying yet. I want to tell the dad that's been pleading the blood of Jesus, keep pleading the blood. To the spouse that's been praying, keep praying because something is still going to happen. Would you give the Lord some praise in advance? Come on, let's take a moment and worship the Lord. Would you lift up your voice? Hallelujah. Come on and put your hands together one more time. There's something that begins to happen when the church begins to understand that I'm not just apostolic when I show up to church, but I've got to be apostolic every day. Church, can I tell you, this is not what we do, but this is who we are. I am a believer. I am an apostolic. And if you are a believer and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then you walk in the Holy Ghost everywhere you go. This is what I believe in the end times that the miracle that God is going to begin to do, uh, that these walls won't be able to contain it. Uh, we're going to begin to see people filled with the Holy Ghost uh, in our schools and on our jobs. Uh, we're going to begin to see people healed uh, in the middle of a supermarket. Uh, but we've got to understand it. Uh, this is who I am. This is who I am. Uh, this is someone shouted, this is who I am. You ought to reach over and touch someone and tell them, this is who you are. 
I was on an airplane as a man came up and walked up to me. He said, sir, I don't understand why I'm being drawn to you right now. I said, sir, it's because God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He said, you don't understand the place that I've been. I said, no, sir, you don't understand the God that I serve. He said, tell me what I've got to do. I said, you've got to repent. And then you've got to be baptized. And when you're baptized, every sin of your past is completely gone. And God allows you to start brand new. He said, somebody like me? I said, oh, yes, sir. Somebody like you. When we touched down, he told me. He said, where can we get baptized? I said, I don't know, bro. But we can find a place to baptize you. You're not bound to the church to see a miracle. Uh, you can see a miracle anywhere you go. Uh, I went to the hotel, uh, jumped in the pool, uh, baptized him in the name of Jesus, uh, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Uh, God's waiting for somebody to quit making excuses. Uh, you are the revival. Uh, you are the key. Uh, you want to see the church grow? Uh, You've got to get up from where you're at uh, and do something uh, with what you've got. If you want to be used of the Lord, you ought to th throw your hands in the air uh, and tell the Lord, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to be used by you. Uh, I'm ready to walk in the Spirit. Uh, I'm ready to do what you want me to do, Jesus. You can see a miracle happen uh, anywhere that you go. Uh, anywhere you go, you can be the light. Uh, you can be the key to unlock uh, your revival. Uh, someone shout, I'm the key. You are the key to unlocking your personal revival. Uh, we need to quit praying that God would send people uh, and pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, uh, that he would send laborers into the field. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, the revival is here, uh, but God's waiting on somebody just to go out and get it. Uh, we've got to quit making excuses. Uh, quit saying that it's out of your personality. Uh, God's always been in the business uh, of using incapable people to do extraordinary things. I don't care what your pedigree is, what your background is, or what your gifting is. You are able to see a revival in your life. Somebody needs to get so passionate about it that when you leave the place today, that you'll never be the same again. That you'll walk on to your job and you ought to go baptize somebody in the name of Jesus. You ought to begin to pray people through. Let me tell you a little story. For three years, a girl cut my hair. Three years. I walked in and I sat down. She started to cut it. I could tell that maybe she was from a little bit different background than I was. You said, well, how did you know? It might have been the tats on her neck. I'm not sure. No, I don't have any. Just kidding. I walked in and I sat down. She's cut my hair. Six months went by. In the six months, she told me, she said, well, she said, uh, let me tell you, uh, she said, um, I love God and all this. She said, but uh, I'm, just, I'm just not sure that God can save somebody like me. She was married to a girl. She had been in and out of the drug scene as I continued to let her cut uh, uh, my hair. One day after about six months went by, she looked at me and she said, man, I just got to ask you something. She said, what do you do? I said, what do you mean? She said, your job, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a preacher. She about dropped the clippers out of her hand. 
She looked at me and said, what are you talking about? You're a preacher. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm a preacher. She looked at me and she started to cry. I said, what's going on, Lyric? She said, why do you let me cut your hair? So what are you talking about? She said, why do you let somebody like me cut your hair? I said, Lyric, because God loves you. She said, God can love somebody like me. I said, Lyric, God has loved people much worse than you. I said, if God can change Saul to Paul, then God can change you. She said, you don't understand. She said, the last preacher that walked in here and I told them about my and I told them about the decisions that I made. She said, the preacher stood up. He pastored a Baptist church. Said, the preacher stood up and said, ma'am, you're not cutting my hair. Stood up and walked into the next chair. She said, when that happened, something happened within me that I believed that I was too far gone for the Lord to reach me. I said, Lyric, you'll never be too far gone that God can reach you. I want to tell you what happened. For day after day and month after month went by, another six months passed, seven months passed, eight months passed, not a year passed. Finally, Lyric said, Gentry, there's something that's different about you. Tell me about Jesus. I said, Lyric, Jesus is able to wash every sin of your past away. He's able to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and He's able to make your life brand new. Uh, Lyric went home and she said, Gentry, I'm going to try something different. I said, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going to go home and pray. I said, Lyric, that's a great place to start. Go home and pray. Uh, something began to happen as she began to pray that God began to deal with her. Uh, I want you to know that this is the way that the story continued. Uh, that God God began to deal with her and she walked in and she told her significant other. She said, I can't be married to you. She said, what are you talking about? She said, I can't be married to you. Uh, she said, why can't you? She said, because the Bible says that it's wrong. Her wife looked at her and said, are you, are you serious? She said, I love you, but we can't do this any longer. She walked out. She walked over and she found a guy. She married a guy. That was step number one. Then she called me and said, Gentry, tell me about that church that you go to. I said, well, you're invited to be my guest next Sunday. She said, really? I said, yes. Yeah. She said, what do I have to have on? I said, Lyric, you just come as you are because God loves you any way that you show up. Lyric walked into the house of God. She walked in as the Holy Ghost began to move upon her. Uh, her hands started to shake. Uh, tears started to stream down her cheeks. Uh, after service, she said, I've never felt anything like this. Uh, I said, Lyric, you're just feeling the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the very next service, here was her. And here was her husband. And there was her mom. And there was her stepdad. As they walked into the house of God and the Holy Ghost began to move upon them, she walked up and she said, Gentry, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I said, come on, Lyric, let's baptize you. I want you to know that it's been four months. Lyric was baptized in the name of Jesus. Her husband was baptized in the name of Jesus. Her mother was baptized in the name of Jesus. Her stepfather was baptized in the name of Jesus. And as of last Sunday, every one of them uh, were filled with the Holy Ghost. They gave up alcohol. They gave up cigarettes. They gave up drugs. Because when the Holy Ghost uh, begins to get a hold of you, uh, anything is possible. 
anything is possible when you believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Uh, I want to tell the person that walked into the building uh, that's dealing with addiction in your life uh, that God is still able uh, to break the chains of addiction off of you. Uh, I want to tell the person uh, whose marriage has fallen apart uh, that God is able uh, to put back together. Uh, the restorer is in the room today. Uh, the restorer is in the room today. Uh, God doesn't do halfway miracles, uh, but God is a God of completion. Uh, and I tell you this morning uh, that if you will give him a chance, uh, you're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, God has not walked out on you. Uh, God has not forgotten about you. Uh, so don't forget about him. Uh, but God loves you. Uh, and God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and God wants to change your family. Uh, and God wants to save your soul. But there's another key. There's another key to seeing the power of the Holy Ghost work in your life. And it is the key of your praise and your worship. Let me tell you what the Bible says. It calls them, he that inhabiteth the praises of Israel. What that means is that as the children of Israel would begin to praise and begin to worship the Lord, that God would come down and he would meet them where we are. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you that for too long that we prayed that God would meet us here, uh, that God would come out of heaven. Uh, but can I tell you that if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, that you are filled with the Spirit of God, uh, and we have been praying that God would send something down uh, that He intended for us to send up. Uh, what am I trying to tell you today? Uh, that as you begin to praise, uh, and as you begin to let the Holy Ghost out of your mouth, uh, that the Spirit of God begins to encapsulate you, uh, and it begins to surround you. Uh, that's why that He can be a lamp uh, and a light unto your path. Uh, that's why that we understand that everywhere that we go uh, that we can walk in authority uh, and that we can walk in victory. Uh, I know that you've been in an abusive situation, uh, but when you begin to pray uh, and as you begin to worship uh, in the middle of a midnight hour, uh, that God will surround where you're at. Uh, that God will go with you anywhere that you are. Uh, you uh, Maybe you're sitting in here today and you're saying, well, how do you know that this can happen? Uh, well, that's why that the Word tells us that when Paul and Silas uh, were locked up in a prison cell, uh, that when midnight came, that they begin to sing praises unto the Lord. Uh, and, as that, and as they begin to sing praises, uh, that the ground begin to shake, uh, and the chains begin to fall off, uh, and the doors begin to open, uh, because you will not praise God uh, without getting the attention of God. Uh, but God still sees our praise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, uh, that we ought to never have to be asked to praise. We ought to never have to be asked to worship. But from the time we show up in the house, we ought to make up our mind that today I came to praise the Lord. I came to praise the Lord. I came to praise the Lord. Eleven months ago, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. It was a hard diagnosis. My family took it very, very hard. Uh, I'll never forget when she called me. I was over at a pastor's house. I went and I sat down underneath a tree and I began to cry. I said, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? Uh, and the Lord told me, he said, this is the beginning of her miracle. I said, God, how am I supposed to believe that when it looks this bad? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you uh, that you might not be able to see it, but God is still working in the middle of your situation. Uh, I told them, I said, God, uh, how can I believe it when I'm caught in between a mess and a miracle? 
See, that's where somebody is today. You're caught up in between a mess and a miracle. You've made your decisions. You've made your bed, and you've convinced yourself that now you've got to lie in it. And maybe to an extent it's true, but can I tell you that when God begins to show up, uh, that he begins to fix the things that are broken, that he'll put your feet on the rock to stay uh, as he pulls you out of the miry clay. Can I tell you that the Lord began to tell me that he was going to heal my mother. I walked into a service the next night, and I said, Lord, what am I supposed to preach? Uh, He said, tell them that this is the beginning of her healing. I said, Lord, how how do you want me to tell them that their healing is coming when my mom still needs healed? He said, that's just the thing about it. You see, when you begin to praise before the miracle happens, praise begins to turn prophetic. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? He said, your praise begins to turn prophetic. Anybody can praise when it's going good, but what about when it's going bad? Uh, He said, when you begin to praise before the miracle happens, uh, it's like a sword has been put in your hand uh, that you begin to do battle in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to tell them. Uh, I walked into the house of the Lord uh, as I began to tell them that there was a miracle uh, that was coming to somebody that night. Uh, People were healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I picked up the phone and I called my mama. I said, Mom, thus saith the Lord, this is the beginning of your miracle. She said, I believe it, Gentry. Month after month went by. Chemo filled her body, radiation. She lost all of her hair. We walked in the house of God. We were sitting right about where you're at right now, sister. We were sitting there on the front row. The church was going on. The praise team was singing. People weren't just breaking out yet. Uh, I'll never forget my mom. She looked at me and she said, all right, Gentry, uh, if nobody else is going to do it, then I will. Uh, I'll never forget it. She stepped out in the aisle uh, and she started to dance uh, and she started to shout and she started to run. I watched her as a lady that was filled with chemo in her body uh, begin to praise the Lord uh, while cancer is eating her up. Uh, she walked back and she sat down uh, and exhaustion just came over her. I said, Mom, you got to be careful in what you're doing. Uh, she said, Gentry, I love you, but you need to mind your business. I said, Mom, I'm just trying to look out for you. She said, Son, I raised you better than that. Uh, She said, Don't you remember me telling you from the time that you were a child uh, that God is worthy of praise all the time? I said, Yes, ma'am. She said, So when cancer is in my body, uh, God is still worthy of praise. She said, When chemotherapy is filling my body, God is still worthy of praise. She said, when I woke up and I pulled hair off of my pillow, God is still worthy of praise. I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. You see, it was five days before that that the doctor ran a scan and said, Annette, we found a new spot of cancer in you, and we're positive, but we'll go ahead and run the test anyway. But something began to happen that Sunday as my mom began to praise the Lord, that she was praising because she believed that though the miracle had not happened, that the miracle was already in the works. She walked back into the doctor on a Thursday. As the doctor said, Annette, I need you to sit down. She said, yes, sir. He said, we've ran every test that we can, and we were positive that it was cancer. He said, but when you walked in today and we ran a new test, we saw something had begun to change. He said, I'm not sure what you're doing, but you need to keep on doing it. She said, doctor, all I'm doing is just praising the Lord. He said, where the new mass was, there's no cancer in that spot anymore. God is healing your body. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's the God that I serve, uh, that we can get the attention of God uh, and a miracle can begin to break out in your family. I want to tell the person that walked in here discouraged today uh, that as the music began to play and as the singers uh, began to sing that you sat where you were, uh, allowing the Lord to pass you by uh, because you've been so concerned with what's going on in your life. Uh, Can I tell you something in the Holy Ghost today? uh, That if you would let go of the frustration uh, and you would let go of the anxiety uh, and you would let go of the worry uh, and you just throw your hands in the air uh, and say God uh, I believe that you are here today uh, and I believe that you came here to heal me uh, I believe you came here to fill me uh, that God will meet you uh, in the middle of your praise uh, is there anybody in the house today uh, that would begin to praise the Lord uh, in the middle of a midnight hour uh, that would begin to praise the Lord uh, when things still don't look good uh, when you're not sure where you're going to turn next. Oh, somebody just praise the Lord for a moment. Uh, You ought to lift up your voice uh, and just begin to shout the name of Jesus. Somebody begin to shout hallelujah. Somebody begin to shout hallelujah. Somebody begin to shout the name of Jesus. Uh, You feel what happens when you begin to praise uh, that there's something that begins to be unlocked in the Holy Ghost. You said, how do I know that God's able? Let me tell you how you know that God is able. Four years ago, a man walked into church uh, with a swastika tattoo on his neck uh, all the way down to his uh, fingertips. Uh, The man walked in as we began to preach and we began to sing and the Holy Ghost began to move. Uh, I watched as the Spirit of God began to move upon him. Uh, The preacher gave the altar call and he walked up to the front. Uh, He stood there trembling. Uh, He said, what do I do now? Uh, I said, Bubba, you just got to begin to praise the Lord. He said, how do I do it? I said, you just throw your hands in the air and just begin to shout hallelujah. He started to shout hallelujah. He said, what do I feel? I said, you feel the Holy Ghost. Because when you begin to praise, you begin to get the attention of God. And the Spirit of God will begin to fill you. He started to shout hallelujah. After a few minutes, a man that had been in a gang with a swastika tattoo right here on the side of his neck began to speak in other tongues as the Lord began begin to fill him with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in the name of Jesus and he was renewed that What begins to happen when I begin to praise? Uh, It was out in Cali a few years back when a man that was bound up, uh, he was a quadriplegic. uh, He was sitting about halfway down an aisle. uh, As a preacher began to say that God was able to heal him, uh, he wheeled his way down to the front and he lifted up his crippled hands. uh, As he began to praise the Lord, uh, people all around started to say, what is he doing? Uh, Doesn't he he know how distracting he is? Uh, But there was something about the spirit of the man that the man really wasn't concerned with with what everybody else was saying about him. Uh, because when you really need a miracle in your life, uh, you're not going to be worried about the person next to you. Uh, you're going to say, God, I'm going to do whatever I've got to do uh, to get your attention. Uh, he started to praise the Lord. Uh, you could watch as his hands were crippled, uh, as you could just hear a faint voice saying, uh, I praise you for my miracle, Jesus. Uh, I praise you for my miracle, Jesus. Uh, the preacher gave the altar call, uh, and people started to run up to the front. Uh, but there was something about the man uh, that believed when nobody else was, uh, that was worshiping when everybody else was sitting down. Uh, a man grabbed him by his hand uh, and said, Do you believe that God's able? He said, Yes, sir. Uh, the man reached down and pulled him up out of the chair. Uh, 
as he began to walk him uh, up and down the aisle uh, as the man was crippled up uh, and he started to stumble uh, but he kept on praising uh, and he started to fall uh, but he kept on praising uh, you might not get it right every time uh, but sometimes you've just got to keep praising uh, until you see the miracle happen uh, finally he said you got to let go of me uh, as he started to walk uh, and then he started to do this uh, and then he started to jog uh, and then he started to dance uh, and the man was healed that night uh, because of the power of the Holy Ghost this is what happens when the people of God begin to praise. Uh, you said, you really believe that God's able? Let me tell you about a dude named Omar. Omar was in the gang for 20 years. Uh, he spent 25 years in the penitentiary. I asked him, I said, what did you do to get there? He said, ask no question, I tell you no lie. Omar walked in the house of the Lord one night as the power of God began to move upon him. He was too afraid to get out in the aisle because he thought all of us were crazy. Well, maybe we are. Omar stood there on the second row as he lifted both hands up high to heaven as tears began to flow down his cheeks. Uh, Omar said, what, do I, what am I feeling? I said, Omar, that's just the power of God upon you. He walked out into the aisle, threw up his hands uh, as the Spirit of God began to fill him. Uh, he was baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, he walked away from the gang. Uh, he's never been back to jail since. Uh, he stayed out of trouble. Uh, he was delivered of alcohol. Uh, he was delivered of drugs. Uh, and God's delivering him of cigarettes uh, as we speak today. Uh, last Sunday, Omar was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, through the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just wrap this up and tell you what I'm trying to tell you. I don't care where you're from, what you've been through, or what's going on in your life. Uh, the Holy Ghost is for you. Whatever trial, whatever adversity, whatever you're coming against today, can I tell you that God is able to break the chains of addiction. God is able to deliver you out of a lifestyle of sin. God is able to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and God is able to wash every sin of your past clean. Uh, because when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, uh, He throws the guilt of your past uh, as far as the east is from the west. He makes you fresh and new. That's why he told them, unless a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. The man looked back at Jesus and said, how can I enter again into my mother's belly? And Jesus said, I'm not talking about a natural birth, but I'm talking about a spiritual birth. I'm talking about a great awakening in your spirit where you bury the old man and you come up out of the water and God washes you fresh and he washes you clean. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you that what you need today is not AA? Can I get a witness from someone? Let me just ask you a question. How many people in here, if God has ever delivered you of alcohol, I want you to stand to your feet. If God has ever delivered you of drugs or cigarettes, I want you to stand to your feet. Look around you today. You're not alone in the you're not alone in the trial. You're not alone in the struggle, but this church is full of imperfect people that one day the blood of Jesus found them where they were, washed them clean, washed them white as snow, uh, delivered them from addiction, filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, and God's ready to do the same thing for you today. I want you to stand to your feet.